Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Well, Mike Miller is out this week, and I am Brian Kelly sitting in for Mike, along with June Hudson. She is a master gardener and horticulturist, and she will be glad to take your calls. Anything you have questions about with your garden and your your growing stuff, June is here to answer those questions for you. June, how are you this morning? I'm good, Brian. How are you? Are you enjoying this weather? Uh, well, I'm always tempered by the warm weather. Of course, I enjoy it, but it's so not good for plant material or growing plants because they're going into their dormant season, and it's not hard to confuse them with a long string of mild weather. So, uh, But it's humans. Oh, God, yeah, it's great. <laughs> I was going to say, on a personal level, <laughs> yeah, we love this, Yeah, on a personal this, level, we, we love it. You see the little buds maybe Ooh, popping up or the bugs good. everywhere and stuff <laughs> like that. How does it really affect the plants well, they have to have so many days of dormancy before they'll they'll break dormancy and start to grow. But this all adds to the package of days when, you know, it's harder for them to remain dormant. So mm-hmm. uh, the stretch is, is going to be kind of significant, but it's probably not enough to harm them as yet. The worst thing is, of course, they get tricked and then it gets really cold. Yeah. And that's disastrous sometimes. So like St. Louis, though. Yeah, it really is. And yeah. we're kind of getting used to it more and more. As Isn't the, that the as truth? As the winters seem to be warmer, the falls are warmer. And right. So, uh, yeah, Here it's we kind are. of becoming common. <laughs> 436-7900, the number to call. If you're outside the 314 area code, it's 800-925-1120. Again, 314-436-7900, one 800 925 1120. Yeah, you know, we don't hear about records being set every day, but it seems like at least once a week almost we're getting a record high. Uh, I guess one of the things we're concerned about as well, in addition to plants, is the bugs because they need to be frozen out a little bit. Same thing. Same thing, yes. It's amazing. And and will they? Well, it depends. You know, they probably haven't even hunkered down for the most part, and this isn't going to help that situation or if they're going to be killed off. This certainly isn't that time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it depends what happens after this. We'll have to look forward and see, you know, how many days of cold weather we have. It's all relevant. Everything's on a time schedule. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. went out, I walked out the front porch yesterday and had a wasp. And I hadn't seen a wasp in oh, wow. probably a month or so. And I wow. have a lot of them around the house. I live out in the country and you get them, you know. And uh, But, yeah, I had to swat one of those out of the air. Just like, get out of here. What are you doing up? Exactly. <laughs> get out <laughs> of here. Crazy. So June and I will take your calls again, 436-7900, We're filling in for Mike Miller today on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline, and we are at your service on KMOX. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Well, Mike Miller is enjoying this uh, 
Small Business Saturday off. I'm Brian Kelly in with June Hudson, a master gardener and horticulturist, and we are at your service. So give us a call at 436-7900-1800-925-1120, just as Michael in Baldwin has done. Michael, welcome to KMOX. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. What's, well, what's your... I have a question. Uh, well, thanks for having me on your show. I love the Garden Hodge lot. Well, good. Show on Saturday mornings. I have a question. Actually, I have two. My first question is, number one, concerning hospice. I have my house faces. I live in Ball, and the house faces uh, the southeast. I should say it's more south than east. But anyway, so I get quite a bit of sunlight there. Now, when the hostas are blooming or whatever you want to call it, growing, they grow these stems up and the uh, seed pods or whatever, the flowers on the, on the, uh, on the, uh, on the hostas. Can I cut those off? I mean, those stems are really horrible looking. I was wondering, is it damaging them for me to cut those uh, off before their bloom is completely done? And the second question I have is I have some peonies also that face the south. This, this area probably gets about, I don't know, six hours of sunlight uh, in the morning. And my question is, these peonies, may, I've been there 14 years now, and I wanted to p- replace those with a flowering plant. I was thinking about some uh, azaleas, and I'm wondering, when is the best time to replace that or to dig those uh, bulbs out? i got like six huge, they maybe about 18 inches uh, in diameter, there's six of them, and they're facing the front of the house. I'm going to pull those out and put in some azaleas. And So when is the best time to do that? Okay, let's talk about the hostas first. Oh, if you okay. if the uh, bloom stems are a problem for you, you can cut them off. You, they don't have to bloom. However, some of those blooms are really pretty, and some are even fragrant. But um, if that's not in your uh, idea of what you want, then just cut them off, and you won't hurt them at all. This time of year, the whole plant's probably going dormant, and when that happens, just cut it all down to the ground. And you'll get some more next year. Okay. Yeah, they come up every year. They do pretty good. Great. I was just wondering if my cutting them was hurting them. No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Great. Okay. Um, as far as the peonies are concerned, um, probably you want to wait till spring. Are you going to try to save the peonies, or are you just going to get rid of them? I'm just going to get rid of them. Okay. They only last a, a half a week in, sure, in okay. May. And so, uh, sure. Well, then spring is the best time. Uh, that's when there's the, the most plants at any nursery. And you'll get a whole new fresh crop of whatever you put out there. I would say, though, that the way you're describing it, uh, do, does it get any shade at all where you're going to put the azaleas? Uh, only after about, I don't know, uh, especially in the springtime, it takes almost 1 o'clock before. Oh. After that, it's all shade. Oh, perfect then. The sun goes behind the house and then it shades it. Oh, beautiful. Azaleas will do fine there. Make sure you prepare your ground uh for that though, because they like really well drained soil, and plant them a little bit on the high side, and then keep them moist for the whole, uh, for sure, the whole first growing season. But they they ought to do fine there. Then the way that you're describing it, well drained soil is not there. Unfortunately, I live on a clay hill uh, in Baldwin, and uh, if you go down any more than six inches, you're running in the gobs of clay. I mean, it's, I've never been down deeper than that. But okay, well, uh, azaleas aren't going to particularly like that. What you need to do yeah, is right. go down as far as you can and inc- incorporate some compost into that soil, or they're not going to like that spot. Oh, uh, okay. 
So what about roses? Do would roses do better there? You know, like some of the big ones. Or well, or, I'm just looking for something with some color. You know, sure, uh, sure. You could try some buddleias. Um, do you know buddleias butterfly bush? That might work for the the heavier soil there. Look, uh, butterfly bush. Yeah, no, look I don't that know up. That plant. Yeah, buddleia. B u d d l e i a. Look that up and see what you think. And well, they yeah. bloom all summer. That might do a little oh, better cool. the way you're describing it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Okay, I good luck. It. All right, Michael, thank you very much for the call. Let's go now to Swansea, Illinois, and Anita is on with June Hudson on our Garden Hotline. Hi. Hi, Anita. Hello, Anita. Are you there? One more chance. All right, let's go to Ferguson. And Gail is on the line. Gail, thanks for joining us here on KMOX. We're at your service. That's great. Thank you. I also have a question about hostas. Okay. I, all right. I was uh, raking up my leaves yesterday, and the hostas are pretty well shot. And so I'm wondering, do I need to, you know, remove all that debris or can I just leave it in the garden and throw leaves on top of it and then clean it up in the spring? Actually, you could do either. That foliage is going to really uh, go down, though. It gets kind of mushy, so especially if we have some wet weather. So for neatness sake, you might want to cut it all off. That's what a lot of people do. But, you know, if things happen and you don't get around to it and the leaves pile on top of it, you'll just clean it in the spring. So it's now our spring. It really doesn't matter. Okay, so there's no advantage of doing it one way or the other. Not not unless, you know, neatness is an advantage. That's about all. Yeah. Okay, okay great. Thanks for your help. Uh-huh. All right, thanks, Gail, for the call from Ferguson. We have Joyce, Daniel, Chris on the waiting list coming up in just a moment, and we'll get to them. And June Hudson will take your questions here in a moment on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. It's 820. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. And Mike Miller is off today. I'm Brian Kelly, sitting in along with June Hudson, Master Gardener and Horticulturist, and we are glad to take your calls at 436-7900, 1-800-925-1120. Anita from Swansea, Illinois, is back with us. Hi, Anita. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Man, if we were any better, we would be probably sitting out on a sunny porch right now, but otherwise, okay. <laughs> oh, well, that, today's the day for that. It sure is. Okay, June. I, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, is it too late to uh, put down the fall weed and feed since it's been so, it's so warm? If. If you if the warm continues for the next few days, it's probably going to be all right. Normally, I would have said no, but when it's 60, almost 70 degrees, yeah. Just yeah. remember, if you do weed and seed, you can't um, so much. Uh, it's probably a little late to do grass on top of that. Really, when you do a weed killer, you don't want to couple it with uh, sowing grass seed. No, I'm but not going to do that. You're just treating the weeds. Yes, I'm just, I never, I don't know why I bought it, and then I thought it was too late to do it because it was chilly, and I don't know, I just didn't get it down. Sure. Do I have to get all, everyone, I don't have many leaves in my yard, but do I have to get up all of them uh, before I do that? Well, the more more leaves, the less it's going to make contact with the ground, but, you know, that's just looking at it. If they're big leaves, maybe you should get them off, but if they're just normal small leaves from smaller leaf deciduous trees, then that probably won't hurt anything. 
Uh, have you got a little of leaves or a whole bunch? Uh, not many. Then don't worry I, I about it. Have, yeah, okay. Yeah, don't worry and, about uh, it. Also, I have uh, had cut back all of my uh, perennials in my uh, garden in the back. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they're starting to grow again. Should I cut those back down again? I, you know, just leave them alone. Let's just see what happens. You know, these kind of this kind of weather when it's so warm, if it's warm for a longer period of time, they may start to grow. But um, I got a feeling that it won't be enough to really stimulate a lot of growth. But if we go into like three more than three weeks, I would cut them down again just so they, you know, think they're in the dormant stage, which I hope they'll go into naturally. But okay. right now, I'd say just leave them alone. Okay. Well, I think that's all I need to know today. Okay, thank, thank you. For you. Your show. Sure. Thank you for being a part of it, Anita. We appreciate the call from Swansea, Illinois. Now we head to St. Peter's, and Joyce is on with June Hudson on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Hello, Joyce. How's everybody today? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I just have a. I think it's a simple question. I have a lot of trees in my backyard, and underneath the trees. There is no grass, but violets have chosen to grow, which is wonderful because it's green. But this time of year, the ground is bare, except I'm raking leaves. Should I leave the leaves in those bare spots to kind of protect the violets, or will they come back naturally? Well, uh, it's, it's uh, it's a harder question than you think, but probably nothing will hurt those violets. And I'm glad to hear you're doing that because a lot of people don't like violets, but they are a very pretty plant. And when you can't grow grass under trees, they're at least green and growing with pretty flowers that the bees love in the summer. However, um, it, what kind of trees are these? Are these oak trees or are they? One, one is an oak and one is a bald cypress. Oh, okay. Bald cypress, fine. If the oak trees get real matty because those leaves are larger, you might not want to uh, leave them packed down. Okay. So when, you, when you're raking them, if you get enough that you think it's a nice cover, then you ought to just distribute the other oak leaves somewhere else. But and all those leaves are good for your ground, so just as the oak trees take a little longer to break down because they're so big. Okay. So are, uh, are violets, do they come back every year by seed or what? Both. They set seed, but they also come back on their own. They're a true perennial. So uh, unless something else happens to them by nature, they will all be back next year and then some. Okay, because I did rake some, and then it occurred to me that I'm raking up all the violet seeds. So, No, the the very structure of the plant is still there, and you would probably never be able to rake it out. So you're good to go. It doesn't look like anything's there, though. It's bare. Oh, right. Now. Well, they go bare, They go dormant like everything else. Yeah, I'm no, here. you won't see them this time of year unless we get a lot of more, a lot more warmer weather. But no, right. but they're there. I'll, I'll assure you that. All right. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy your weekend. You too. And thank you very much for the call from St. Peter's. We now go to Hazelwood, and Daniel is on with June Hudson. Good day, Daniel. Hi, guys. Uh, just a quick question. I'm going to do a raised bed garden, a uh, vegetable garden in the, in the spring, and I was wondering if you could suggest the soil, type of soil I should use for that. Okay, what kind of natural soil do you have? Is it worth worth doing with that and amendments, or is that not a good uh, idea for where you live? No, it is, actually. I have very good soil here. Ooh, well, then you're a step ahead. 
Well, what you want to do is add compost to it or well-rotted manure. Now, you can buy both of these products bagged. You don't have to buy it by the yard. So if you go to your garden center, they may have to go to the back and get them for you because this time of year they're interested in Christmas trees. But they still have the mulch on hand. But as for compost, but really another very good idea is the well-rotted manure. And incorporate that into your natural soil, and then you can use that um, in in the raised bed. And uh, that should make a really nice, well-drained mix for next year's uh, crop, whatever you put in there. Okay, well, great. Thank you for that. Appreciate you're, it. You're welcome. Of course, Hazelwood neighbors Fluorescent, which is the Valley of the Flowers. Absolutely. So I would hope they have good soil up That's there. That's probably a good reason. <laughs> to the east side, Chris is on with June Hudson. Hello, Chris. Good morning to you both, and thank you for your service. Good morning. Um, my question is about peach trees. I have two <clears throat> Red Haven peach trees in my backyard, and <clears throat> they both seem to produce very well. One of them, on the other hand, about a year after I purchased them from the from the nursery and planted them, there appeared to be a secondary shoot coming up right next to the main trunk of the other. And I thought it was just a part of the tree. So I didn't really, I didn't really cut it off or mess with it. And what it's done is it's formed kind of a V shape starting at the base of the ground. So I've got two trunks about, Oh, a little bit bigger than, than the average arm for lack of a better comparison. And that shoot that came up has produced a tree that for all practical purposes, looks like the fruit is, is perfect but it never fully ripens. Um, and even, it, it, even so, in the spring when they blossom or when it blossoms, it appears to be a totally different color and, and form of blossom. It's a light pink, and the others are, are more of a, of a darker pink. Um, so I'm wondering, since it's not really producing any fruit, whether it's something I should, I should just cut off um, and if so, when the right time would be to do that, because I think really all it's doing is robbing the tree of, of nutrients that, that it could be using for, um, producing, you know, the other fruit and, and such. So your opinion on that or okay. what you think? Um, you're on the right track. You know, most of our fruit trees today are grafted, and that means they've taken a very hardy variety of peach or apple, and they've grafted a cultivar that has better attributes onto that rootstock. And what is, I think, is what happened, the way you're describing it, is uh, the original rootstock has sent up a shoot, which makes it absolutely, as you're describing it, different from the graft or the tree that is the better bearer. So I would say that you should cut that off, and all the nutrients then will be directed back into the remaining tree. Sometimes the graft dies, and all you have is the rootstock, but from your description, you still have the wonderful fruit-bearing tree, and you don't need that extra arm, as you say, so cut that off at ground level. And if any more cut up, come up, cut them off as well before they get so big. So you'll okay. know the difference now, and you can keep track of that. But do is cut that any, off. Is there any concern about when I should do that? Should I wait till they start to cut till February or so when it before I, it comes out of dormancy? Or I'd do it now. Okay. It's dormant now. Is it not? All the leaves are off. Yeah, all the leaves have fallen. Okay. Yeah, do it now. Get rid of it now. Okay. Don't don't paint that open wound wound though. Let it heal naturally. Keep 
He bleeds from accumulating uh, from that open wound till it dries up by itself. Okay. Very good. Okay, good luck. There's something to add to his to-do list today Yeah, for Chris in Illinois. <laughs> and a nice warm day. I'm one of those. I, I hate to do that when you have a, like an extra growth come out. Yeah. I, I just hate to kind of cut it, but you know, there are times where that's what you got to do for that's the health right. of the plant, the health of the fruit, and boy, there's nothing better than fresh peaches. Oh, gosh. Oh. Boy, we're lucky, aren't we? We can yes. grow those in Missouri. Wow. Yes, we are. Let's go to the pair. Judy is on total. In, no, he's not total information. I knew I would do that at least once today. It's the Garden Hotline. Judy, thanks for calling in. Oh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have an aloe plant that I've had for oh quite a few years, and um, it never puts off any babies. It's just one plant. And I've had it for a long time, and it's uh, fairly tall, and uh, but it you know it's falling over, and I just wondered what can I do to uh, help it have babies. Uh, my other question is, I have uh, a miniature uh, orchid, and it's uh, it's growing nicely. Uh, I've had it for about four or five years. And it's never bloomed. And I wonder what I'm doing wrong there. Um, I'll wait uh, for your answer. Thank you so much. Okay, about the aloe plant, um, I'm hoping we're talking about the same kind of aloe because there's many, many different ones. But from your description, perhaps you're talking about aloe vera, which you can break off a leaf and put on a burn. Is that correct? That's right. Okay, good. I think if you give it some more light... uh, is it in a window? Uh, is it at a window sill? Or yeah. Okay. It's in a wind at, at a window. And what side does that face? It faces the uh, south side of the house. Oh, that's the best. Okay. You might, you know, what you might have to do to initiate some flowers on that is get a plant light where it gets a stronger light. It's lacking the ability to change its uh, molecular structure to produce flowers. And it's usually because of lack of light. So you need to increase the light. And unfortunately, we're going into winter, and you can put it in about any window you want. In St. Louis, you might not get that much light on gray winter days. So if you can find a place in your house to get a small uh, plant light and put that plant under it, I'll bet you get some babies. You might even get a flower. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's, that's how I take care of that. Now, I've had the aloe vera before, and I've always had babies from them. Uh-huh. This one, it's just the leaf. I mean, these um, uh, stems or, or leaves, they're so long. I mean, they're eight, nine inches long. Oh, boy. See? Well, if, it, if you can get it to where the light shines on the stem, that is where the uh, babies will be initiated at the ground level. Okay, what about fertilizer for that? Um, you can at this time of year, you don't really need to fertilize a lot because the plant sort of shuts down for the winter because of lack of light. But if you're uh-huh. putting it under lights, you might give it a half strength. Don't give okay. it all uh, uh, a whole strength. But we recommend half strength fertilizer. So read your directions and do half That's the strength. Pretty much what I'm doing. Oh, it, I'm giving it very mild um, plant food. And on the orchid, right, right, <laughs> that's a crazy one for me. Well, I've never I, had, I've never done it before, and I've, I've thought, well, I've waited long enough now. 
<laughs> okay, have you ever repotted it? You said you've had it no. four or five years? Yes, I have okay. never repotted it. Okay, well, you need to go to the um, the uh, nursery or plant center or whatever and get yourself a bag of orchid bark. And that's, or is it in orchid bark? Yes. Okay, then you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, give it a new new uh, pot with that in it. And then um, they usually start to set flower probably about now. For most, most of them bloom like uh, February, if you've ever been to the orchid show at Missouri Botanical Garden when they're all gloriously in bloom. Mm-hmm. So look for buds to form um, from now on. But give it also just a light fertilizer. But I think if you repot it, it may be just out of juice, you know, in that pot okay. for that long a time. And All see right. if you get a flower. Okay. Should I, it's in a, um, a plastic pot. Should I stay plastic or? No, no. Put it in a clay pot. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I wondered about that also. Yeah. yeah that, it, it probably doesn't have a whole lot to do with the bloom part of that, but for the uh overall health of that plant, which would encourage bloom, it would rather have a clay pot. All righty. Thanks so much. Okay. Good luck. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. The knowledge of master gardener and horticulturist June Hudson here on St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. You can tap into it at 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 as Carol is doing as she is on the road today. Carol, thanks for calling in. Hi. Hi, Carol. Thanks for taking my call. And so what's uh, what's on your mind today? Okay, I had a big oak tree in the front yard, and we had to remove it. And I uh, have hostas, and they do not like the sun. I'm just wondering what I could plant instead of them. Well, any of the, the more sun-loving perennials, you could, you know, there's a whole bunch of things to try. But uh, as opposed to hostas, you might, you, you know, you might try coneflowers, some of the native sun-loving plants you could uh, try, sunflowers. So there's a whole gamut of things to do. Shasta daisies. Um, did they grind the stump out when they took the oak tree out? Uh, oh, yes. They yeah, did. It's, okay. it's completely good. But uh, Oh, grand. The sun, the sun is really baking the oh now. yes, yeah. You gotta find them a new home in the shade. They're they're no. stressing out. They looked beautiful when the tree was there, but <laughs> no more. No more. Okay. Well, you uh, need to move into sun plants, and you know, try some right. cone flowers. They're beautiful. I think you'll enjoy okay. them a lot. Okay, I okay. certainly will. Thank you. Thank you. That's eight forty three on this Saturday morning and four three six seven nine hundred one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. The numbers to call for the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. I'm Brian Kelly and for Mike Miller today, along with June Hudson, and we'll take more of your calls in just a few moments. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. At 848, this is Brian Kelly, and I am in with June Hudson, Master Gardener and Horticulturist. She was at the Missouri Botanical Garden for 40 years, and now she is here to tell you what she learned as she answers your questions. We're at 48 degrees right now. We're heading to a high of 59 today, so we're all kind of in that gardening mood, aren't we? Including Scott, who is calling in this morning from St. Charles. Hi, Scott. We're at your service. Hey, June. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Scott? Good. I'm hoping against hope that you're going to give me the answer I want to hear. Okay. <laughs> one, 
wondering, is it too late with his warmers has been? Can I still put down some grass seed, or have I missed that window? Well, you've probably missed it because it's not going to last that long. The trouble is once it gets growing, you really need to keep it growing until it gets established. And then if it's cold, that's not going to happen. If you've already got the seed, you might try it, but I would wait now until spring. It's it's a tempting thing, but I don't think it's a good idea. All right, thanks, Yeah, because we're talking temperatures near 70 on Monday and Tuesday and 62 on Wednesday, but it is... December almost, so yep. you can't count on that for no. very much longer. Mary in St. Louis, you are now on KMOX. Thanks for calling in. Hi. Well, thank you for filling in for Mike. It's our pleasure. Thank you. All right. So I had some, uh, I don't know if they're Shasta daisies, but they're the, uh, I guess they are Shasta daisy plants, moved from one location in my yard to another in early September. And they're doing very well in their new location. In fact, they're still green, and they're putting out, an, and with all the warm weather, they're still putting out an occasional bloom. So I usually have them cut down by this time of year, but I'm thinking because they're newly moved, maybe I should just let them go until they turn brown, or what do you think? I think you should let them alone. Just let them be because um, you're going to open up wounds on those plants if you cut them down now, and you don't want anything uh, rotting in the, if we get some wet weather. So for right now, I'd say, especially with the Shasta Daisy, because they like it well-drained, and if anything wet or mushy gets on the top of them, it's going to rot them. So just leave them alone, and um, you can wait till spring to cut them down. It won't hurt them. Oh, Oh, okay. I usually usually cut them down. Uh, right, right. The but fall. since they've just been moved, they might be more vulnerable. Okay. And with this warm weather, they might put on even some more growth. So rather than take a chance of opening up, like I say, those wounds, it's just better to leave them alone. It certainly won't hurt them. Great. Okay. Well, I will do that then. Okay. Thanks good luck. Right. Bye. The number to call, 436-7900, We can get you right on on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline like we are with Margo calling in from Afton this morning. Margo, how are things in South County? Pretty good, pretty good. The sun's shining. It's very, very nice. Thank you for your service. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. I have a uh, Christmas cactus, beautiful, and I've had it for years. And about two weeks ago... Um, the leaves started to get real limp, and some of them are kind of getting a dark brownish look to them. But it's blooming. I got over 30 blooms on this thing. It's just gorgeous with the blooms. But the, the, the plant doesn't look good. Am I losing it or what? Wow, that's not a good, that's not a good scene. Uh, is there any chance you could have overwatered it, water it? Or did water oh. sit in a saucer when you watered it? No, I could have overwatered it, I guess, but I've, I've you know, done the same thing for years, and it's sure. And all of a sudden, the leaves are getting real limp. Okay, that's well, that's never a good sign with it for a Christmas cactus. Could it be that it needs watering? Have you? Has it been a while since you've watered it? No, no. I usually water my plants about every week or so. Okay, well, I would say overwatering then is probably yeah. part of the culprit. Watch it. If it starts to drop hunks of leaves, which it will do if it's overwatered, it won't just be a leaf section, it'll be a whole hunk. Uh-huh. Let those sections harden off a bit and then try to root it in some well-drained, um, like a sandy mixture or pebble mixture, because you might just have to start saving pieces of it to hold on to it at all. 
it doesn't sound too good. I'd certainly watch that and see if it started to drop those hunks. Okay, but it's just full of blooms. Oh my gosh, it's that's it's, it's beautiful. Oh I'm dear. Lose it. No, I know you don't. That's yeah, they're wonderful. They're beautiful. Yes, they are. Well, I hope you don't lose any more, but that's what I would do if bigger hunks start falling off is try to save what's left of it. Okay, well, thank you so much. Okay, good luck. Thank you. And as we work our way around the region, we go from Afton to St. Charles, where Keith is this morning. Good morning, Keith. Hey, how you doing this morning? Doing very well, thank you. Hey, quick question. Um, I know this is a, I've always heard that it's a good time of year to prune trees uh, now that they're gone dormant. Is that is that the case? I mean, can I go off and lop off a bunch of those lower branches now and those nuisance branches and stuff? Are you talking about oak trees? No, I'm talking primarily about uh, maples and river birches and that type of tree. You know, I'd wait on the maples. The river birches should be all right. Oak trees, you can prune on them once they're dormant. That's why I asked that question. Okay. But with the maple tree, um, you know, with this warm weather, maple trees bleed so easily. And if any sap is moving through that tree because of this warm weather, you don't want to injure it and have that be an open wound. I would wait on the maples. The rest of the, you know, the other trees will be all right. Ashes are fine, too. Yeah. You can lop on them. Okay. Yes. Okay. Great. That's it. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks for the call, Keith. We now go to Kathy in Overland. And Kathy, you are on with June Hudson on the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Hi, June. Hey, I want to get a knockout rose on the north side of my house. And five months out of the year, it gets shade. And the place I want to plant it at gets full sun like six months out of the year. Is that a wise spot to plant a knockout? Uh Help me with this a little bit. In sure. the growing season, does that area you want to put it in, does that get sun? It sure does. Right about mid-March, it gets full sun. Oh, you're you're good to go. It'll love it there. Okay, so it's okay, like, in, in the wintertime, if it gets real shady? The winter's not so important because of the dormancy period, but in the spring and summer, it really needs, you know, five hours of good sun to bloom. And the okay. amount of bloom will diminish with the amount of shade it gets. So the more sun it gets, the more flowers you'll have. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Wouldn't it call you brought this for at least over a year? Thank you so much. Okay, you're welcome. Okay, Bye-bye. All right, All right Kathy. <clears throat> Thank you very much. Appreciate the call. And at 8.56, we go to George in Brentwood. Good morning, George. Yes, um, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, is it a good idea to cut Carl Forrester grasses back in the wintertime, or should I just leave them go? Well, uh, appearance-wise, if you leave them go, you'll have that extra added interest in a otherwise maybe flat garden. So we never recommend cutting ornamental grasses until the spring, but it's mostly for uh, uh, looks. But if you want to cut it down because, you know, you're cleaning up your garden or you don't care about the, the uh, blooming stalks that add interest, you know, if you think that's interesting, um, you can cut it down. But um, I'd leave it up. It just, you know, you get that extra okay. little uh, beauty in your garden for the winter. Okay. And I then cut it, it down low in the spring. Don't leave it, you know, more than about four inches high. Because otherwise, the new growth has too hard a time coming through that old growth. So cut it down okay. to about four inches in the spring. 
Okay. Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, George, for your call. 436-7900-1800-925-1120 are the numbers to call. We'll be heading to the newsroom here in about three minutes, the latest from CBS and KMOX News, and then take more of your calls after the top of the hour. Sitting in for Mike Miller today, I'm Brian Kelly, along with June Hudson, Master Gardener and Horticulturist. And June, as I mentioned earlier, 40 years at the Missouri Botanical Garden. That had to be just an awesome place to go to work every day. It really, really is, was, is, yes. Yeah, I love my job to the last minute. And you're still involved there. I am. I'm, I'm uh, very much involved. Mm. And uh, so I get to go there and see all my tree friends and all my people friends. It's great. Yeah, I'm very, very grateful. We'll be heading there pretty soon for the uh, the Garden Glow, oh, which yeah. is one of our favorite things to go to. If you've never been there, listeners, then you, you gotta should go. You should go. It's beautiful. It's great. It is. You know, this time of year to take a walk through all the lights there right. at the Missouri Botanical Gardens. Just glorious. One question I have for you, and I know, uh, I think earlier this week, I think it was Debbie Monterey, who maybe it was wishful thinking. She said that like the Forest Service or somebody came out and said, you really don't have to rake up the leaves, that you actually should... Go ahead and leave them there, and they make a great home for the, the bugs and butterflies and other critters that, that need a place to stay in the winter. Should we go ahead and rake up all the leaves? No. <clears throat> Thank you. <laughs> you just thought of something else you are going to oh, do today, man, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, the truth of it is, the only reason you really need to rake them is if they get so heavy. And if you've got a lot of trees, they're going to get that heavy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's what's underneath the, the um, tree that matters. If you don't have other plant material, that tree gives off nutrients in its leaves. And if you take them away, it doesn't have any nutritional value to draw on from the, the ground or the leaves that are decomposing. Mm-hmm. So it's the whole circle of life for the tree to be able to take up nutrients from the decomposing leaves at its base. However, it depends on where you live, too. You know, I live in Kirkwood, and my whole sidewalk now is covered with oak leaves that I cannot leave or they're going to arrest me. <laughs> so it becomes real clear what I have to do, but I hate that. If you could if you could grind those leaves up mm-hmm. in place, even though they're the oak leaves, then you could mulch, leave them down as a mulch. So I go ahead and mow them. When they, like mine yeah. now are pretty dry. Yeah. And so you run Absolutely. over the lawnmower with them, and then on the right. grass they'll be fine. Absolutely. Now, if you, they're really thick on the grass, it's mm-hmm. going to diminish the grass. So it's give and take. But as far as, um, you know, the thing to do horticulturally, it, it's always better to leave them just so they don't mat down or lay on the top of other plants mm-hmm. as well. You have made my day. Oh, I that's so good. I'm so happy now. <laughs> I can go on with my life with a smile on my face. Okay. She'll put a smile on your face if you give us a call at 436-7900-1800-925-1120. As we break for the news, it's 9 o'clock in Mid-America. A proud partner of the 2018 100th PGA Championship at Bell Reef Country Club. King MOX, King MOX HD, St. Louis. KZK HD3, St. Louis. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.